She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And, and this, this is, is Far Out. Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Your brother said it well. He said for an unconventional wedding, it was pretty traditional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my response was, Chris, I didn't care if it was traditional. I just didn't want it to cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, uh, I think we both have a phobia of long-term commitments. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which doesn't really make sense with getting married, and maybe that's not a good sign for two newlyweds to admit. Mediterranean French yes. don't arrive anywhere on time, and it was getting progressively later and later and later. I think my British grandma was like gonna lose it. All the brides were rushing up to the guy like, is it my turn? I was like, bitches, step down. (laughs) It's my turn, all right? (laughs) And then he just pinches my cheek and just says, Tremble, (laughs) tremble. Like with with gusto, like with a lot of energy, tremble. And then just like walks off up the stairs. And I was like, (laughs) all right. So, Alistair, guess what? What's that? We have officially solved the Big Red mystery. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who is it? (laughs) By the way, if you don't know... Yes. Okay, go ahead. If you don't know, uh, we received a review on iTunes by someone called Big Red 16 a while back. We read it, as we do, with the reviews, and we thought it was your brother at first, but we later found out it wasn't. And we were left flummoxed, is that the right word? That's a good as, word. as to who might that be? And we recently heard from Big Red 16. We did. And we had an alternative theory, which turned out not to be true. So I'm glad we didn't say it. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't say it either. <laughs> no, it turned out to, I knew it was going to be a redhead. This is true because otherwise, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was my friend Joe Welch. And uh, we go way back, we go back to uh, our high school days. It's a good friend of mine, so thank you, Joe Welch, for that review, and thank we can you, finally Joe. give you the credit you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> we have another review, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Would you yeah. read it? I, I would love to. This one is from Divon Lu 17 but we know him as Danny Health Hats, and mm. he runs a blog, which I think is dannyhealthhats.com. Yes, I think so. And a podcast as well. Yeah, and uh, he used to, he did a back to the land move, kind of like us. Or for 10 years, he lived on the land, built a house with a family. Yeah, off grid, homeschooled his kids, free, like home birthed the kids and everything. He actually was in the Woodstock movie. Yeah, he's he, the he's kid got a who's like talking to his mom saying he got the tickets. Yeah, on the phone. We, and, we've seen it. We yeah. saw the clip, his, his claim to fame. And now he's a nurse. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. This is what Danny says. I listened to episode number one and two in full, then parts of number three through 20. Felt like they were interesting, self-absorbed, and passionate. Well done, random, and long. I don't commute anymore. Lots of competition. Other great podcasts. Listen to some of each. Engaging. 
Now listening to full episodes again. Why? We lived off the grid in West Virginia, built a house knowing nothing. I can relate. I enjoyed hearing about their adventures. I recommend this podcast if you want to follow some quirky, hopeful, real people. Write a review. Anything. They'll appreciate it. Danny's right. We will appreciate it. And we really appreciate that review, Danny. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Listener, and welcome to a brand new episode of Farah Podcast. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> I was going to sing the Pink Floyd song right out of it to the machine. It's a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> now, welcome to a brand new episode. We are back from two weeks off, and this is recording of first episode of us as a married couple. Yes, and oh, that's my God. why. We're talking about being married, or getting married, I should say, in this first episode as a married couple. Yeah, we were going to share simply like what our wedding costs and more of the practical details, but then we really felt compelled to sharing the story of it because it is a beautiful one, and we thought that you might enjoy it and uh, enjoy learning about what we did. I think we spent a lot of time also thinking about how to do this and like what was important to us. And so I'm hoping that maybe for those of you that aren't married or for those of you thinking about other important situations in your life, you might find examples or ideas in here that might be useful to thinking about other important initiations, transitions, psychological moments in your life and how you can do them maybe a little bit different than the mainstream. And I think uh, that's always our aim with those episodes is for you to really just think about what would feel good for you. Yeah, how do you walk your own path? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my wife. Oh, bonjour, mon mari. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Thank you. (laughs) This is our first official recording as husband and wife. Oh, yes. If she can tell the difference in our voices, it's wisdom. Yes. We're much more mature now. <laughs> We've seen some shit. <laughs> we figured out life. We have survived a family wedding. That that will make you older. For two introverts, that will definitely <laughs> help. That, yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking today? Oh, I'm having some, some mate straight. Just mate. Oof. Wow. How about you? Uh, I'm having some rooibos Earl Grey, trusty rooibos Earl Grey. That's great. And we have the super hit incense, which promises to enhance our Gemini signs. <laughs> when I need a little boost, that's the incense stick I reach for. Not going to lie. <laughs> it's true, you're Gemini. Oh, yeah. Well, that good. Great. Great. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, what else would we be talking about right after we got married? We're talking about the wedding. Yes. So you'll have to indulge us listeners. I think there's actually a lot of value in this one. Oh yeah, no, it's I think we we did a wedding that's sort of different. I think your brother said it well. He said for an unconventional wedding, it was pretty traditional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my response was, Chris, I didn't care if it was traditional, I just didn't want it to cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna break this all down and kind of talk about it because it's still fresh in our heads and yeah. we feel like we have a lot to say about it because yeah. yeah it was amazing and stick around because nestled somewhere in the middle we will tell you what it actually cost mm-hmm. and 
pretty proud of it. I think it's a good place to start with kind of what we were hoping to achieve with the wedding, what we wanted, and, and also what we knew we didn't want. Yes, yeah, so if you've listened to the We're Engaged episode, you have had some taste of what we were wanting or not wanting. I think over the next four months, because that's how long it took to plan this wedding and then get married, uh, we really drilled down on what we wanted and didn't want. And I think the first thing is we wanted it to be small. That's really the first thing that it boiled down to, because to begin with, we just wanted it to be us two and not have anyone present. It's true. And our moms nixed that one really quick. <laughs> and in retrospect, I'm glad they did. I'm so glad they did. But then, you know, you can't just bring your moms. Uh, that, as soon as mom's coming, dad's coming. And then for you, that means multiple families. And yeah. very quickly, it got a lot bigger than we were planning even for a small wedding. Yes. I think we ended up having 15 people. We were 15 total, including yeah. the kids. So it was very, very cozy. And I'm proud that we managed to keep it at that number. It was a bit hard. You may be surprised if you listen to us, but we actually don't really like the attention on us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Kind of, it's overwhelming. It's kind of a weird paradox because <laughs> we do this podcast every week, but it's it, that's totally different. But mm -hmm. in person... Uh, I tend to feel very uncomfortable in large groups when the reason everyone's there is for me. Uh, yes. Although I feel like that was part of what was beautiful about this wedding because yes. I don't think that really happened to me a lot in my life. I never had a surprise birthday party or, you know, like it never was that intense. So that was really, really cool. Yeah. Another big one for us was that it be simple. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're, we're simple folk. We live in a caravan. I didn't want to plan a wedding that was going to be massively complicated. I felt like that wedding, however simple it was, still asked for so much planning. I cannot imagine what it's like to do the whole shebang. It would have been hard because we have a lot of stuff going on right now. Mm -hmm. Between, I mean, we're actively working on three different businesses between the my coaching business, the retreats, which we we're doing two this year, and uh, the podcast producing business, which has kind of taken off. Yeah. And there was kind of a lot of other things going on in between that. We had some travel plans. And it would have been really hard to plan a really big wedding, especially because we knew we wanted it not to cost very much. So we weren't going to have a wedding planner mm -hmm. or a, a ton of help. It's going to be a kind of do-it-yourself wedding. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it goes hand in hand. We knew we wanted it to be low cost as well. So low cost and simple makes sense and then on top of that there's like kind of intermingled there's the fact that we wanted it to be sort of fast for multiple reasons but one of them being that if you plan a wedding for two years or for a year people sort of expect i mean my fear was that people were going to expect a certain type of wedding at the end there's also like, there's also a scope creep when you have that much time to plan, you start to, it gets a lot bigger. If, it, if you have to do it in four months, it's going to be simple by necessity. Yeah. If you have a year, it's kind of like uh, you, you, when you, when you travel, you fill your suitcase with how much space you have. Mm -hmm. I think there's something similar going on there with weddings. You're Agreed. going to fill the wedding with how much time you have. Agreed. And we started to see that at the end, like small things uh, started to creep in or doubts like, oh, should we have done this? Should we have gotten a bunch of flowers, mm -hmm. these things. And if we had more time to worry about it, I think it would have been more expensive. It would have been a bit more complicated. The other thing is, uh, 
I think we both have a phobia of long-term commitments, <laughs> which, is, which doesn't really sure. make sense with getting married. And maybe that's not a good sign for two newlyweds to admit. But I don't like things on the calendar a year from now because that means I have to be in that part of the world a year from now. And that's one thing we really don't like to commit to is where we're going to be down the line. It's true. It's like when we got engaged, we were like, okay, we're in France until July or June. Let's get married before then, because this way we know when it is and where it is, and we just get it done almost, you know. And although I hear that somewhat of a lot from people planning weddings, I mean, it's not foreign to me to hear people say, I just want it to be done almost. After a point, it becomes this big thing on the day of. I felt like I was just getting from one thing to the next, wanting it to be over or like wanting to move on to the next phase. I had this intuition, which I think played out fairly true, is if you do some of the basic things, it's going to be important and significant no matter what. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those small kind of bullshit details are going to fade away and not be important. And just do the main things and it will be significant. I think we managed to do the main things. And this was kind of leading to maybe the last requirement that, mm -hmm. that we had which was it needed to be meaningful and intimate mm -hmm. yeah exactly i think that's that was probably the biggest requirement for me as long as i can think back if i thought about a wedding i wanted it to be intimate small and and meaningful in the sense of like having time for people to form bonds i think the thing that i'm really proud that we did is that our wedding was over a weekend and not just a day And we had all of our families, I mean, we had the families that were present were together for almost 24 hours nonstop with three meals and only 15 people. So a lot of bonds were created, a lot of love was shared, and there was a lot of meaning into it. And on my side, uh, I had my sister-in-law, my brother, my grandma from, from Britain, because she probably wouldn't be able to travel to the U.S. for a reception or anything like this. And then also my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. And all of them spent more than just the weekend. And my mom and grandma spent about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And so there was kind of different lengths of time. And within that time, they spent it with us, but they also spent it with your mom as well and your parents or your dad while they were, he was here. So it was a longer thing. And that was something... I hadn't spent a lot of time envisioning my wedding, uh, but the one thing that I was pretty certain on was I also wanted it to be a weekend affair. I wanted people to have time to be there. Yeah, because it takes time for things to build up, the energies to build up. Like on the first meal that we all shared, which was the brunch before the wedding, you can tell that it was kind of awkward. People didn't really know each other. There was like, you have to feel it out and, and know how to do it. And then by the Sunday brunch... It was like people had known each other for years and, and just having coffee, hanging out in the garden. It was amazing. I remember that brunch. That's when your family really started showing up. Like your dad, your sister, and your uh, your stepmom. Yeah, yeah. And also your brother and sister-in-law. And that's when it really started getting... I really started getting anxious because I would go, we were on the fourth floor. We had the brunch at my parents' Airbnb, which had a nice view of uh, the sea. And I went down to get them and I let them into the elevator. And that elevator ride, 
takes about 15 seconds, but it felt like an eternity because yeah. I just had nothing to say. I don't <laughs> speak very much French. Without you, it's just, it just gets quiet. And it's just, I'm just standing in the elevator with your dad and your sister. On and, your wedding day. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like freaking out a little bit. <laughs> you were sending me texts all, like from then to like, they're here. My French is getting limited. And just like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm getting ready. I do not have time for this. Like, just, they'll figure, you'll, you guys will figure it out. And we were there like five minutes later. But it was, it was very important to us that it be meaningful and intimate. And I think the intimacy of it made it very meaningful because then we had, and we'll get more into this in a minute, but we have had a lot of, um, meaningful sim symbolic moments in the in the wedding day and it felt wonderful to have everyone participate and and just like feel those bonds of a family tighten it was it was wonderful so maybe we can take everyone through a play-by-play -play of kind of how the wedding happened and also because i think it's interesting and i'd like to know if i hadn't got married or even if i had How much things cost along the way? Yes, yes. So, <laughs> this is not to take any blow at Alistair, but I planned <laughs> I planned most of it. I hired a great wedding planner. <laughs> I, I think the real credit goes to the person who found this wedding planner. <laughs> She was cheap, efficient, dedicated. Whew. Oh, man. And running a few businesses on the side. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a crazy four months. Um, I, still I probably should have been more stressed out than I was. <laughs> I, I started freaking out a the few days day, the before, day before. And then it really flooded into me what you had been freaking out about for the last few weeks, <laughs> months. And, and then I was just like, oh my God, did we plan everything? Did we think about that? I'm not sure. I, you probably did, but I, I hadn't. And so yeah, a I lot found of credit myself, to you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, it To be, to be really truthful, I don't know if I would have let you have a lot of, <laughs> you know, I don't know how I would have been able to delegate to you because I don't know if I would have 100% trusted you with it. I appreciate especially that because, honesty. Yeah, especially because it was in France. So a lot of it fell on my shoulders by essence. But to begin with, all the things that I had to think of before the wedding, like all the little details that we knew we wanted to have ready. So we had to think about rings. We got titanium rings, which don't cause rashes because both of us have sensitive skin. And on the and they're also low cost. Mm -hmm. so, and they look great. And on the inside, we had them inscribed with the words, this will also change. Which I'm very, very fond of. Yeah. And that cost us $100. Bucks. For both. For both. So that, so that was a, one of the things we took care of. And just to back up for a second, I think it's uh, cool to mention like the four months that I spent planning, what that actually looked like. And it wasn't really four months of planning. There was like two months of figuring out how to get married in France with a non-French citizen, which involved a lot of pain and, and, and uh, calling people and stuff. And then finding the venue. That was mainly what happened in the first two months. And then it got more intense of like sending out the invitations, figuring out who we want to come, dealing with the family who wanted to come but can't and all the like a lot of things. Um, and then the details. But we didn't really do anything too complicated. There was no DJ. There was no flowers. No, I mean, not really. So 
we did the rings. Then one thing that we had to take care of was the notary contract. Yeah, so I thought a notary, I think we've talked about this before, but I thought a notary in France was the same as in the U.S., which is like you pay someone 50 bucks and they say that they saw you sign something. That's how I showed up to this meeting. No, the notary is actually the highest level lawyer in France. And we walked out of the meeting, which I was just kind of like, all right, well, why are we here? Like, how do you afford this really big wooden desk, buddy? Like, you're just a notary. And we get out and you're like, all right, so this is going to cost us $400, 450 euros. I was like, what? <laughs> that guy? A notary? <laughs> well, come on. we Did you check? Did you look at this up? Is there, uh, are no. you sure we can't do it somewhere else? It was a terrible day. <laughs> <sighs> so it's actually a lawyer and we paid about... $450. $450 because we wanted to have a contract signed. Kind of like a prenup. Basically, we wanted to... In France, when you get married, the assumption is that all your assets are merged. After the day you get married. After the day you get married. So that's just like, you have no choice after that. It's just, if you go with the the default mode, everything's going to get split 50-50 and you can't change it. So we thought, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That doesn't feel right to us. We definitely. would like, yeah, for, for our situation. And we would like some more freedom than that. The other reason it was important to us is because we can envision having businesses that would benefit from not being merged for a range of reasons that mm-hmm. I won't get into here. But it seemed good to keep those businesses in one person's sphere and, yeah. and not merge them for liability reasons. And then we also just wanted to be able to decide yeah. if, if, like, go into it as two individuals. So, I think if you're interested in that, we all, we've done an episode about how we manage our finances, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this in this episode. Perhaps, yeah. And I think there's going to be a future one about how we manage them as a married couple because we're working through that now, and mm-hmm. it's a big change. Uh, we just haven't totally figured it out. Still, still working on it. But so that was a big thing to figure out, and that was probably one of the biggest costs of like the, this, this thing. Um, then we had to figure out our wedding outfits, which was actually super simple. Surprise, surprise. Mine was more expensive than yours, actually. <laughs> Mine was like $5 and I got it at the Goodwill. It was yeah. a very simple, cutesy white dress and my shoes were probably about $5 as well. Yeah, that's really nice. Mine was, well, I bought a new pair of red pants, mm-hmm. which I was really feeling the red pants and they looked great. They looked They're great. They're like pretty like skinny red pants and a blue linen shirt and then I had my mom bring some uh, leather boots from home that that went well with it you looked gorgeous thank you very much so my outfit was more around 60 bucks and it was new yeah then we had to send out the invites to everyone we did that through email yeah cost nothing Mm -hmm. holla anyways all the people we invited knew like They're close families, so it's like we could have gave them a phone call. It would have been the same. We just kind of like the idea of sending a text with like the invite and the pictures of the place where we're going to have the wedding at. I think even further back, we had to decide like why France, logistically speaking. Yeah, and there were a couple of reasons. One was because that's where we were. But also, we have family on three areas of the world. France, the UK... And the West Coast of the United States is where most of our family is. And it was going to be complicated anywhere. If we wanted to include everyone, people were going to have to travel across the world. 
it was going to be way bigger. It was going to be, it wasn't going to fit our criteria of what we wanted. It was going to be really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. So we came up with the idea of doing a small wedding in France with just 15 people, basically our nuclear family, mm-hmm. and then doing a bit of a tour. Why not? Because we can travel and that might be easier than having everyone come out to France or to the U.S. That's That seems like... That seemed tough. And it cuts it down in bite-sized pieces for us. Too. Also, we wanted to do it on short notice. I mean, fairly short notice. Yeah. And four or five months is not a lot of time to plan a trip across the world for, for a family. So uh, we're doing a tour. We've had the wedding here in France. We had a small party with a few of your friends. Then we're going to Portland to see that group of my family and have another celebration. And then we're going to go down to San Jose and we're going to have another celebration for friends and family around there yeah another thing that we had to think about was champagne because my parents were not gonna let this wedding be without champagne that's probably one in france yeah that's probably like the first thing that my mom told me even before i got engaged like for your wedding i'm paying for the champagne and then my, pa- my dad said that on on like a separate occasion so i was like well you guys will deal with this together who pays for the champagne so It's actually the same champagne that my mom and dad had at their wedding. And since then, that brand has been just used throughout the whole family. Like my uncle's wedding were were with that. My brother's wedding were with that champagne, everything. It was delicious. Mm -hmm. We uh, had pretty much endless champagne for the wedding, which was great. And we're guessing, because we didn't actually pay for this, That it was probably around 500 bucks. Yeah, so we ordered about 18 bottles of champagne, and I think that we drank like 14 on the weekend of the wedding. Although your brother tried really hard to finish all 18. <laughs> Sasha is always trying really hard to open it. He actually threw a bottle of champagne. There's like, he opened one right before he went to bed, and then they had to throw it away because once you open a bottle of champagne, what are you going to do with it the next day? I know, I saw that one. Uh, I only had one glass out Sasha. of it. Sasha! Okay, <laughs> then the last thing we had to figure out was we still wanted pictures out of this day. And uh, it was actually wonderful because my sister-in-law is a amateur photographer, but she's actually pretty good. She's got a good sense of style. Yeah. And you had the great idea of uh, paying her to be the photographer for the wedding. Yes. Which might have been her first gig. I think it was like her, She wedding-wise, yes, she has done like baptism and stuff like that. Yeah. But, And I was really impressed with the photos. She took it really seriously. And she was going all day from, and it was a long day. And she also, which really impressed me, without having any experience of doing a wedding, so she's not a wedding photographer, managed to capture a lot of the moments that would be important, like the cake and just a lot of the small, like emotional moments that uh, turned out to be really significant. So she did an amazing job. Yeah. She, she did. And we we paid her a symbolic amount. She she didn't want to get paid at all. Yeah. But we felt like it was important. And we paid her... 50 euros plus 20 euro tip, which came out to about 80 bucks. Yes. So that was most of the planning before the wedding. Um, well, there was Jinko. Yes, you're right. There is the venue that we actually found fairly early on out of sheer luck. Yeah, it came... Through word of mouth, friend of a friend said, hey, we might like this bed and breakfast. It was like a ethical bed and breakfast doing only local food. They're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And then we went over 
And it's run by a brother sister couple, Charlene and Raphael.、Mm. And they were great. They, they were amazing. And the place was beautiful. They had a gorgeous garden. The rooms were done in a really kind of modern, chic way. Tasteful way. It was, and everything was kind of, you know, I don't know how, how, how you would you say it. It's like ethical, kind of local, natural. Yeah. That was the style. And they were, st- they were about a year in, so they were still getting things going and renovating parts of it. And so it felt really cool. It was like, hey, we can be, we can help you guys. And they felt the same way. And we were the first time anyone had approached them for a wedding. And we talked to them about it. And Charlene is a wizard. And she, she rivals you in the kitchen.、Oh, and you two got along wonderfully from the、yeah. beginning. And so we said we were gluten free and we wanted to be plant based and we didn't want any of the meat eaters to be upset. And she, she just she went with it. She said, oh, no problem. We can do that. And then I was not even going to think of a cake. But then she said, so, and obviously you guys want a cake. I was like, is that possible? <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, I guess it's going to be hard. She told us later on that she had had nightmares about the cake for like a month because she's not a baker. She's a chef, like, she's a cook. We came for the tasting a week before the wedding to、yeah. try some of the wine and taste a few of the dishes she was thinking about making because everything was going to be local and in season. Yeah. And she almost didn't serve the cake because it didn't stay the first time and she was embarrassed by it. And kind of at the very end, she was like, Oh, do you guys want to try the cake? Kind of like hoping we wouldn't want、yes. to. And we're like, yeah, yeah we want to try the cake. And so she, I think she had a bit of like a panic attack. She didn't even come out herself. She had her brother bring it out to us because she didn't want to see our reaction. And I was like, dude, it's so good. We loved it. It tasted so good. You gave her a few tips to kind of improve it. Yeah. And she knocked it out of the park. It was so delicious. When the actual cake came on the wedding day, it was, first off, gorgeous. The、oh. colors were amazing. It was like a strawberry cream cake. Yeah, like, a, like kind of a. Spongy, Victoria Sponge kind of cake with a custard、uh, based with like lemon and strawberry. Gluten free and vegan. It was incredible and it looked stunning. And she put like flowers on it. It was wonderful. But yeah, so that first meeting with them, we were like, okay, that's them. And it's funny because we, I had envisioned it. I thought, you know what would be great for our wedding? As a venue, is a BNB where we can be from like four to midnight and, and have just people serve us food and like maybe no one else comes. And that's what happened.、Yeah. We, we went there and we had the whole place to ourselves. And we got lucky because we didn't even have to rent the place out. It was just in between services. They had a, a earlier Saturday service、yeah. and then they had a later Sunday brunch.、Yeah. And our wedding fit in between that Saturday afternoon. To Sunday morning. Yes. And so we didn't actually rent out the venue. It just came with the meal and, and the fact that we had a few people stay the night there. Yeah, which was amazing because everyone could like really, it felt like a home. Yeah, we hung out there like it was at our house. Yeah, they, they, it, was, it was incredible. At the end, they all left and said goodbye, like when we were still drinking champagne and in they, the room. And, and they, I was like, wait, what? You're just going to leave us here、yeah. by ourselves? Are you sure that's a good actu- idea? And they actually said to me as they left, like, so you got champagne in the fridge, you got some water, you have the leftovers of the food and some plates and cutlery. And I was like, wait. 
Are you telling me that you're leaving me with some food for like a midnight snack? I love you. Can we marry you? It's <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. We got really lucky for a couple of reasons. One, the wedding industry is not the same in France. So you don't have that. If you said you're going to do your wedding anywhere in the U.S., like all of a sudden the cost just doubles, yeah. triples just yeah. because of that. And most of, most people are hip to the wedding game. These guys were new as well. And so it was kind of like a, in a way, it felt like a joint venture. It's like we took a chance on them because it was our wedding. And and uh, we gave them a lot of creative license mm. as well to say, hey, this is our vision. Now you go from here. We were not very involved except for telling them what, what we were envisioning. And they ran with it. And, and they just blew us out of the water with what happened. And so I think we got really lucky with that. And because it was the first time they'd done a wedding... It was really affordable, ridiculously affordable. Yeah. We actually even had our spiritual ceremony there. So we had a civil service ceremony at, at City Hall. And then we had a spiritual ceremony that we decided last minute, hey, can we do it in your garden? And the bill for this was a whopping $1,140. We couldn't believe it when we saw the bill. Yeah. So that includes the venue, the food the wine, the cake, the fact that we had our spiritual ceremony there. And our room. Yes, and our room and our brunch the brunches next the next day. Not everyone else's brunches because yes. we had everyone else pay for their room, which was about 60 or 70 bucks a person yes. or a room. And we had everyone pay for a wonderful brunch, which was like $15, I think. Yes, that's what it was. And first off, we should say a little bit more about the meal, which was incredible. There was hors d'oeuvres, and then there was somewhere around 10 different dishes, all local food, organic, gluten-free, plant-based, and the colors and the tastes were incredible. Everyone loved it. It was amazing food, and you could eat as much as you wanted of it, and you you never got sick. It was great. Yeah, it was oh. amazing. We had they had set up a buffet, and they had set up the space in a way that was just so lovely. It was simple and tasteful because I saw them a week before, and I was like, decoration wise, guys, I don't want to do too much, you know, like just let, let's keep it simple. But I want there to be some like elements of nature and so they were like okay we have white tablecloth we can do it this way that way and then what we can do is like just get a bunch of things from the garden and use that as decoration on the table and that's what they did when we arrived and we had the spiritual ceremony they were in they were preparing the space for us to have food and uh, they just went and picked like leaves and branches on the in the garden and put it out. And the fact is, the terrace is nested in a green space that is just so beautiful. So it feels like the nature is the decoration. It's all we needed. It yeah, was... they had a massive garden and it was overflowing at this time of year because we were in May. <sighs> it was wonderful. And I will say one last thing about Jinko, but Charlene and Raphael just humanly outdid themselves it's like they not only performed the professional service that was amazing but it felt like we were with friends with family they had champagne with us they came and had cake with us uh rafael played with my nephew all night long which was a godsend which was amazing because it's like whoa dude you're even a babysitter and they were so moved 
I cannot rave about them. At now. the end, Raphael was even pouring out shots. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> what was the name of the drink? Genepi. Genepi. And 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 uh, some some family members were that don't usually drink were drinking them and getting pretty wild on the dance floor. <laughs> yes, because that included the dance floor, and they they had a computer, and we had access to the computer and the speakers, and we could just put music. Yeah, so everyone we just went over and put on music when they wanted to, and, and that worked really well. It worked. There was no need for a DJ. It was a lot of fun. Oh my god, oh, it was so fun. So just maybe to to like mention what we did the day before. Oh, we so there was a couple other there was another cost that went into that bill, which was the corkage fee, which was about a hundred bucks, and then we felt inclined to leave them a really fat tip because they just didn't charge us enough. <laughs> so, yeah. so with the corkage fee and the tip, we ended up paying about four hundred dollars more. Yes, yes, and uh, maybe this is a good place to mention that my mom did buy some flowers. After all, which came out to be about $105. It was mainly for my flower crown, which was the only uh, kind of girly, bridally thing that I wanted. Uh, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was so beautiful. You were stunning wearing that. Thank you. And, uh, and my mom also got some rose petals to throw at the end of the ceremonies, which was really fun. And a few flowers to put on the cars of the bride and groom. So... That was pretty much it. So the grand total for our wedding, considering all these things we just mentioned, came out to $2,825, roughly. So under $3,000. If you take out the notary contract and the champagne and a couple other things that, that we didn't pay for, we ended up spending on the kind of actual wedding under $2,000. Signif- well under $2,000. Yes, well under. I'm and so I don't think we missed anything. No. I feel like it was... A really, really incredible ceremony, and everyone had a really great time. Yeah. And one thing we did that I, I was glad we did is that early on, we decided we were going to pay for the party for the actual wedding. We figured it would be easier to do it that way. And also, it was nice for once to host our family mm-hmm. instead of the other way around. As travelers, we're rarely able to invite everyone to a place and, and, and host. Yeah. And we got to do that for a night, and it felt really kind of significant to do that on our on our wedding day yeah and i'd like to say here since we're still talking about the numbers that i think this is extremely important that we were able to do it on this budget and that we were able to have a very significant psychological and social event because Mm -hmm. you hear it all the time but money breaks people apart and i don't know what the numbers are on it but i know that they're massive that in marriages, a lot of marriages fail because of the financial aspect. And I just can't think, like, what way would be worse to start your married life together than in debt because of the party you threw for starting your married life together? In my mind, I would never want to do that. And so it was really important to us that it wasn't going to set us back, that it was going to actually help us psychologically and by bonding our families together move forward and not make us take two steps backward. That's a very good point. And I think that's partly what I want to share in this episode. It's like there are so many ways to have a profound symbolic moment with your loved ones on this day that don't include 
like there are things that we take for granted are as needed on a wedding day that are not. And there's so many ways to do something meaningful that doesn't involve a lot of stress or a lot of money. I think it's really about how creative you're willing to be about this. What I think it boils down to is that money a lot of times is a shortcut for a story, right? Like diamonds last forever. These are all symbols for a reason and that's why they're expensive. And a lot of reasons spending a lot of money is the story. It is what you're paying for. Who cares about a diamond? Does anyone really care about diamonds? No, they care that they're rare, that everyone recognizes a diamond and that they cost a bunch of money. And I think it's, you know, I'm gonna maybe go out on a limb here and piss a few people off, but I think it's lazy. I really do. If you don't have a lot of money to spend on it, or you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, then, and I fall into both those categories, then find a different story that's meaningful to you and to the people involved. And that takes work. That takes creative effort. It takes a little bit of risk and some emotional turmoil and work. But there are other stories we can tell about these significant moments in our life. And there are other symbols we can use, many of them which are better than a stupid rock in the ground that a lot of people lose their lives over for celebrating these moments in our lives. So that's my, that's my little rant on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's valid. We it's weren't going to get through this episode with at least one rant. About diamonds, yes. Yeah. yes. And I, I totally agree with you. I feel like we created a story that to me is incredibly powerful. And I think it's up to each of us to figure out a story that is powerful and to like embrace it. There's there's so many ways to make this uh, powerful and meaningful and symbolic. In retrospect, I realized one of the risks would have been not doing it. Just saying, this is too much money, too much effort, it's too much of a thing, yeah. let's not do it, let's elope. Yes. You know, like yes. that, that kind of, I think it was a naive hope that we could get through this without doing it. Yes. Because it was a massive psychological event. And it was also just a massive logistical event, as mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I know. better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're kind of looking at it practically like, wow, man, we have so much going on. Do we really want to add this to, to the table? Do we really want to add this to all the stuff we have to do? And that was, that was definitely hard. But I think that would have been an underestimation of the significance of this event and how important it was. And choosing the symbols we used was part of what made it important. We did some things, and this is actually going to be a good segue into some of the things we did that were a bit different. This ended up being a really important event in our lives. And I'm really glad that we didn't also go the other way and say, hey, it's going to cost too much. It's going to be too much work. Let's just go to City Hall, send people some photos, and call it a day. Because I think that would have impoverished us a bit. I think we would have missed an important kind of initiation had we done it that way. And so I'm grateful that we went through the effort of doing it the way we did. I'm grateful we didn't do more, but I'm also grateful we didn't do less. So with that being said, maybe you can take us through a little bit of what we did do. I think we were both really aware that even though we were downplaying it quite a bit, that it was going to be a big transition and we pretty good with transitions i mean we start we're starting to know that there are certain things to do to make a transition really meaningful and intentional and powerful so 
we got married on the Saturday and on the Friday we decided to take some time fully apart and time for ourselves to connect with what we were about to do as much as possible. I felt overwhelmed the entire day of Friday as trying to like realize what was happening and not being able to. It was impossible, but we went through the motions. I, I, I just needed time to write my vows. I was struggling. Yeah, you were. Oh, no, you were done on the Friday, I think. I was, I, I needed I was to done write. after Friday. Ah, uh, well. Or like okay. by, uh, at the end of Friday morning. The vows. So one of the things we did that was different was we wrote our vows. Yes. And this turned out to be a lot harder than I thought. As a writer and someone who spends a lot of time putting thoughts into words, I was like, nah, no problem. A few hours. I, you know, I know that I love her. It'll be easy. Uh, uh, I, I kind of underestimated it. And we both put it off. We're like, oh, well, we'll do that like right before the wedding. We'll figure that out. And... That actually was a lot more challenging than I thought. And I didn't even really know how to go about it yeah. when it time came. We ended up getting some pretty good advice online, or actually from a friend's Instagram account. I think she had just got married yeah. um, suggesting that we kind of talk to each other about it. And that turned out to be helpful. And we basically decided, okay, one, let's not make them too long. I think each of ours was about three to five minutes. And we had three categories, basically. The first one was we wanted to share a story of each other that kind of captured what we were doing, or at least captured a part of what we were doing or why we were there. And the second was that we wanted to share some things we loved about the other person. And the third was to share our vows, which we actually struggled with the <sighs> word so vows hard. that for a while we're like, I don't know, should we be making promises? We can't really control the future. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. uh, we struggled with using like promises for the future. And that was kind of challenging. But then we also felt, I definitely felt this way. And, and I think by the end of it, you did too, that saying something like, intentions was too weak for a wedding that we were coming together to make some sort of commitment into the future and I think my I, I had a conversation with my parents about this my dad said something that kind of helped me get over this roadblock con conceptually intellectually and maybe you're thinking oh come on this isn't a big deal but it felt important to both of us that our words were as true with our feelings and that our feelings were true with our words yeah. And that it was coming from one place and there wasn't any incongruence. So we had to work out the knots for ourselves. And this promises, intentions, vows thing was one of them. And my dad kind of said, hey, if there's any time in your life where you should put it all on the line and really like, you know, say your ideal about what you're going to strive for, this is it. That's what I resonated the most with. I don't, I didn't end up thinking that intentions were weak. I just thought that this was... To think about promises and as an ideal was easier for me to to understand. It's like that that was the shift for me. But I think for me, what was hard about the promises is that I have been in a committed long term relationship before, where we were not fully engaged because it's not it's not really traditionally done in France. But we had plans to get married, and it was like down the line for us, and it fell apart. And I just, my heart fell out of it. And it's, it, I was like kind of facing that shadow of, oh my God, I'm going into a relationship that like where I'm committing to, or I'm promising those things. And how can I control if my heart's going to stay into it or not? How can that, you know, like, how can I know 
And that was that was very hard. That brought up a lot of hard uh, emotions. And the only reason why I was able to write my vows in a way that felt satisfying was, first of all, we talked together a lot back and forth. We were on the phone because we were not sleeping or living in the same place the few days before the wedding. But I also did something I'm really happy about, which is I called uh, one of my dearest friends on the Friday evening. And he held such a supportive space for me and he really listened to what was going on with me. And by the end of it, I was like, dude, I need to let you, I need to let you go now. I need to go write my vows. And I wrote my vows in like an hour and a half, maybe less. I just like one, one big thing, like one way. Oh, I'm envious. I think it probably ended up taking me like somewhere between eight and 12 hours of sitting in front of a computer to really write my vows. But that's... That's, that's just, more your style. That's how I roll. That's <laughs> One other thing I'll mention about these vows that I think came up for me was that it was different now. Because the way we had been talking about it in the past and we had been very much like, okay, well, let's just show up every day. Love is an action. Love is something that we create together and it's not something we can control. And yes, I agree with that. But that to me seems more like a romantic notion of love. Like the love that, that you don't control that like just kind of shows up and that love can move on to someone else. That romantic love, I don't really have control of that and I don't always have control of where those sparks fly. And I think we were right to say that about that type of love but and to act that way with it. But I started to feel pretty differently about what we were doing around getting married. That was a different kind of love and that was a love that I could make commitments to in the future that was a love that could be cultivated and there was some more will involved in that there was a difference and I think that's one of the things I realized while writing my vows and approaching the wedding was we were committing to a different type of love than the love that got us together in the first place true And I think this is a good place to mention that on the Sunday brunch, we asked every person present to the wedding what their favorite moment of the wedding was. And everyone, everyone said that it was the vows. Everyone cried when we said our vows to each other. Everyone, I mean, it was, we had translated our vows. We said our vows to each other in English. We translated them for my French family. And for instance, my sister-in-law, who was taking the pictures couldn't read the translation as she was taking the pictures and she still said to me that it was her favorite part she was like even if I didn't understand it was just like it was so emotional and so moving and one of my favorite memories was later in the night when the party had really begun and your dad had been videotaping the whole thing so he had also not read the translation of the vows on the spot Mm -hmm. and I was coming down from our room and he was going to the bathroom and we ran into each other alone in the hall and he kind of looked at me with like an intensity and said like, I just read your vows. I couldn't read them before, but I just read them. And I was like, okay. And then he just pinches my cheek and just says, Tribble, Tribble. <laughs> like with like with gusto, like with a lot of energy, Tribble. And then just like walks off up the stairs. And I was like, <laughs> all right. That's, that was cool. that's the Armenian patriarch way of doing things. <laughs> Just few words, much intensity uh, I felt in the it, look though. and the yeah. and the, the yeah. He looked the me cheek. right in the eyes when he did. It was it was a really cool moment. <laughs> uh, 
I love that. Yeah. Well, so I, so your Friday morning was spent writing your vows. Yeah. So I spent writing my vows and then um, my brother had just come in the night before. So he was pretty jet lagged and actually his flight got delayed and they had to take a train from Barcelona or something crazy like that. So uh, he was a bit late, but we ended up going on a hike out in the, the hills outside of Marseille because that's actually where we had this wedding in Marseille. I don't think we said that. And after that, we went down to the sea and we went to a bar. Didn't realize it was a Friday night on the sea and uh, it was a pretty happening place. And I'm pretty sure the average age in there was around 16 to 18. <laughs> so it was interesting. I think we had a lot of fun people watching, but it was nice to spend some time with my dad and my brother. And it, it was nice to go out and have a drink with them uh, one last time. And these are things that at the time, they feel special. It's nice. But it's really looking back mm -hmm. on it where it feels really important. There was nothing crazy in that beer or in, in, in that cider that we had. It wasn't a super big heart-to-heart. -heart. Some things were said and they were nice. But I think it's just the memory of having done that right before this special moment that was really important. And that was kind of something I didn't think I realized so much. It was just, it wasn't so much the content of it. It was having done it and having having it be part of the story now that it's over. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of the way I approach my Friday as well. I, I had said that the only thing I wanted uh, was to spend time with the girls present. And so my mom and I went to a Turkish bath in the morning and then... Later in the afternoon, we came over to the Airbnb that your parents had rented out. And we had tea with your grandmother, your sister-in-law, your mom, my mom and me. It was such an interesting day because I was feeling much less stressed out because I had sent out the itinerary for the wedding day the night before, which to me was like, okay, now everyone knows what's happening on the day of the wedding and no one's going to bother me and I can really focus on what's going to happen because... I really, I mean, looking back on those two weeks, I really was like the kind of center of like, if something's happening or what's happening, we asked Julie Roxanne. Just Not only because you were the wedding planner, but because you're the translator. Uh, yes, yes. So I'm like the, I'm like the bridge, basically. So obviously I did my best for the Saturday to be not like that. And I did pretty well, I think. Pr people were pretty chill on the day of. So it was really cool. Um, and so... Yeah, I think the Turkish bath was like the closest I came to some mental silence and to understanding what was about to happen with with absolutely no frame of reference for understanding it. But just like... You just know something some, big's going to happen, yeah. but you, you can't grasp but it. But it was the only time I was really alone and not talking to anyone. Uh, and then the tea with the girls was really nice. I asked the, the ladies to like share marriage tips or like their thoughts on marriage. And it was weird because I, I felt like I was going through the motion and it felt like my brain kept trying to realize something bigger and kept like hitting a wall of like, nope, you haven't lived this experience yet. You cannot understand it. You know, it was like, <laughs> nope, tomorrow. Nope. You know, and so it, it was very strange. Then I ended up going back home having to then called my friend, which was like a godsend, and uh, wrote my vows. And I, th <laughs> I did something that um, I wouldn't recommend, but I stayed up until like two in the morning or something. Yeah. I will say that 
because Alistair is giving me the look. I will say that <laughs> during this these two weeks of preparing for the wedding and then the after wedding time, the only time that I had to myself with no interruption of thoughts and no one asking me anything was after everyone went to bed. So I took those two hours as much as I could, you know? And so on Friday, I was like consciously making the decision like, you're staying up, you're going to regret it. Yep. All right. I'm staying up anyways. When I woke up the next morning, the first thing I did was go up to the, the, the mirror, which I rarely do. I don't really care how I look in the morning, but I went to the mirror and I looked at myself and I had like the darkest circles under my eyes. And I was like, oh, dear God, wrong day to to not sleep enough and wrong day to not wear makeup. You know, like it was, it was. <laughs> I, on the other hand, got to bed at like 9.30, 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. I took a nice long bath. I, 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 I had all the time in the world, you know. It's great. Yeah, it was really nice. It's cool. And I could not understand how you were not getting sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still, I think I had a great time. It was, those were the last two hours of me alone as a single woman you know i needed to take that time i really needed it so i don't regret it but i was definitely tired the next morning the morning off i woke up and started getting lots of texts like a lot of friends were telling me they were thinking about me a lot of people it was really nice i felt very like supported and and held and uh we went to get the flowers with my mom and then we got to the brunch where all of my family was already there and you were freaking out because you were running out of French things to say to them. Had a couple awkward elevator rides. <laughs> uh, I was had, just freaking out, period. I think at were? that point, like the wedding was really hitting me and your family was all there. And, you know, it's, it's one thing when you're trying to merge two families that haven't spent much time together on your wedding day. Yeah. But one thing that was kind of making that a lot harder was that they didn't even speak the same language. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't even like really bridge it with conversation all the time. But you know what's funny about that is that by the end of it, you realize that this is not true. They all under, like everyone understood the speeches at the wedding were like half French, half English, half Franglish. And everyone understood, even the people who don't speak a single word of English. So it's not... It was it's not breaking that. the ice. It's just breaking the ice. And the ice feels thicker when you don't speak the same language to begin with. But everyone can understand. And it was... I actually was kind of like remembering it. I was like floating on a cloud or something. And just... I had planned this day so well in my head that I knew every step that I had to take. Just like I knew what the next step was. It was on autopilot almost, you know? So... Uh, we went to brunch. We had the rehearsal with everyone, which my family thought was really funny because you don't do rehearsals in France. That doesn't exist. So they were like, oh, that's... You guys barely right. do weddings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, exactly. <laughs> but the, the French people definitely looked at me like, oh, Jerry Roxanne being a control freak. And I was like, no, that's what they do in the US. Oh, Just yeah. In America, you would have been the most laissez-faire uh, <laughs> bride ever. <laughs> yeah we got a bunch of gifts then which was which were really nice and like the, the emotions was really starting to build up and uh, i was feeling very emotional especially the night before like the two days leading up and then that morning i was kind of like holding back a lot mm. of emotions and just trying to keep it together yeah yeah so after the brunch my mom and i ducked out and we had some time just the two of us to go back to her place and get ready 
which for me consisted, I mean, I had taken a shower and like did my hair and stuff, which was like washing them and then letting them dry. I had put a teeny tiny dab of makeup, I think on the dark circles. And I put like some creams that my mom had. It was nice to like pamper myself. Um, and, and so we got back and we, I got dressed and then my mom and I had planned to do a ceremony, uh, on the day before, on the night before, but we didn't get around to it. So we thought we'd do it before she put on my flower crown, which felt like a very symbolic moment. And it was really amazing. We had turned out all the lights. So it was really dark in the apartment and, uh, we burned some Palo Santo and she, she like blessed me with it and she said things about like our female lineage and how like I was becoming a woman and so it was like so emotional we were we were so in tears both of us and I just feel like crying just thinking about it it's a blur because I can't even remember what she said but I just remember the essence of it it was like a mother sending her daughter into a journey into womanhood or something it was so beautiful and uh, and then she put on my flower crown and we were a tad late compared to what we had decided. Turns out we were really early because uh, the Americans got really French experience at the civil, the town hall. They've been getting a French experience for days at this point because the French don't arrive anywhere on time. And that's, <laughs> the south of France, at okay, least. I don't, right, know, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it is up there. Mediterranean French yes. don't arrive anywhere on time. And it was getting progressively later and later <laughs> and later. I think my British grandma was like going to lose it. She is the essence of punctuality. She's the, if, if you're 50 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Yes. If you're late, that's not acceptable. Yes. That's, that's grandma. And, uh, well, the French aren't even 50 minutes late. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the civil wedding, one of the brides was nowhere to be found before us. And the whole thing got pushed back about yeah. 45 minutes. There was like three wedding parties all waiting and hoping it was their turn next yeah and then i was i was about to kick one of those brides in the chin <laughs> in the shin or something we were, like, we were the second wedding of the afternoon and the first wedding got delayed and then three more weddings were waiting and then when when that first wedding got finally out of the hall all the brides were rushing up to the guy yeah, like is it my, is turn, it my, my turn? turn i was like bitches step down <laughs> It's my turn, all right? <laughs> I just really like, step down. You wait for your turn. And, <laughs> and so we got in with our little wedding party with just like 15 people. It was really nice. And uh, we got in and we got in and I was so surprised. I thought that it was going to be much more formal and like administrative than it was. Turns out it was very moving. The assistant mayor who married us was very kind and he was looking at you and he was talking in French, even though he knew you didn't understand. Yeah, I knew nothing. It was really strange. I mean, the actual ceremony where it officially happened, I had, it was like, there was three officials the assistant mayor and then his his two assistants or, or one woman one man and yeah. there was like you know like the french flag and and some other weird french stuff in the room <laughs> and a big table or kind of desk that they were sitting behind yeah. and then there was us in the front seats and then our family on yeah. both sides and behind us in this small kind of courtroom he was talking in french and he's looking at me and he was making a big effort and and 
what I heard of some of the things that were translated was very touching. It was, it was a nice kind of speech and 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 everything, uh, but I didn't know any of it. <laughs> it was it was really weird to be like this was you know the second time. It's like first off, I we signed the legal papers and I had no idea what was said or written on that page. I just put my John Hancock on it. And here again, one of the most important ceremonies of my life, and I have no idea what's being said. <laughs> and then at some point he looks at me and like has the atonement of a question. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think this is the time. And then I think you like said, Alistair, just... No, I, I translated it for you. I was oh, like, okay. do you do you take me as your wife? <laughs> yeah. And then... We... <laughs> <laughs> and so I said it in French. Right? Yes. I took you, I, which you know, I never would have imagined that uh, it would be a we oui instead of a yes. Uh, it, I I love that. And then and then he he said uh, we now celebrate you, husband and wife, or pronounce you husband and wife. And then I think your sister in law screamed, which was great because it led everyone into like a frenzy of like clapping and cheering, and that was like. That moment for me is, is crystallized. You know, it's like, I remember like getting up from my seat and like hugging you and kissing you and everyone like screaming and clapping. Ooh, it was so intense. Yeah. I had kind of written off the civil service, but it turned out to be a really special moment. Yeah. And then we walked down the stairs out of, out of city hall and everyone was there at the bottom and they threw confetti and cheered and. There's one of our favorite pictures of the wedding, which probably will be the thumbnail for this episode. And uh, it's there. It was really cool because both your parents also were the witnesses for your side of the wedding. So they signed, like all of our parents signed the paper. And then at the end, he gave us the very traditional livret de famille that you get when you yeah. get married, which is a family book. And there's a space, there are spaces for way more children than we're ever going to need. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you need to fill this now. <laughs> and like, go and have sex. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, it was wonderful. We hung out and took some pictures there. Then because we were so late, we didn't have that much time to waste than I thought we needed before. We, we had some time we needed to kill before we could be at the venue because they were still finishing their Saturday yes, lunch. Yes. So we went down to the Mediterranean Sea. It was actually kind of an audible. It was a last minute call. Yeah. And we went down there and took some kind of just newly married photos, which uh, turned out really great. Oh, uh, yeah. It was really beautiful. nice. And then we went over to uh, Jinko. To have our beautiful like spiritual, spiritual ceremony, ceremony. Which we thought a lot about. And I think I just want to like share what we did. Basically, we wrote the ceremony ourselves. Um, we wanted something fairly simple but deep. We asked my brother to officiate, my little brother, Sasha, mm -hmm. who uh, apparently he, was so stressed out. And I like that he was stressed out. That yes. was a good sign. Yes. And he did a great job. He did and an he translated job. in French and English. And he also translated my vows for your family to read. And I have to say, I was really impressed with your younger brother. He crushed it. The night before, he was at a party in Paris. And uh, people were telling him, like, so, because he's opening a restaurant, like, in a few days. And they were like oh, so how's the restaurant going? And he's like, it's going great, but I'm definitely not thinking about it right now. Tomorrow, I'm marrying my sister. I don't know if that sounds good in English, but it's French, that's something you can say. But it's a very uh, kind of paternalistic thing. And people are like, oh, dude, come on. It's your sister. Just like, you're not married. And he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm officiating 
I'm actually marrying them. And they're like, whoa, okay. And Sasha was super stressed out and uh, he was so emotional. It was wonderful. We all like all the people that needed to went down the aisle and then we, we met up in front of him. It was we, so... We had the ceremony in Jinko's garden, yes. which was kind of blooming and just very lush, very green. We just pulled together a couple seats at the last minute and uh, we made kind of an aisle that, as we walked down, it realized was too small. And so we had to go single file uh, with my parents on both arms. It was kind of awkward. <laughs> yes. But we got down it, and at the end, there was your brother, uh, and there was a hole in the ground and a couple shovels and a lemon tree. That was a gift from Jinkos. We told them that as part of the ceremony, we wanted to plant a tree, and they told us a week before the wedding that it was going to be their gift, their wedding gift to us. Yeah. yeah. And part of it um, was not only for us to plant it during the ceremony, which we did, but after we uh, asked everyone present to put in a shovel of dirt to represent the support and nourishing role that they've played in our lives and in this union. I think everyone was very moved by that. This whole ceremony was... Uh, Amazing. We were like bathing in the sun with the green lush around us. And Sasha was like wearing this, this shawl that feels very like traditional, almost Jewish, but it, it felt, it felt like a spiritual efficient would wear that. And, um, my little sister gave the rings to both our brothers who then handed them to us. The only hitch in it. Oh my God. Was your nephew. And I didn't know this till after because. No, uh, we were, we were on a different planet. Yeah. I, I basically blacked out for most of it. I yes, mean, if me there weren't too. pictures, it might not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently in the middle of it, your nephew, who's four. He's five. He's five. Started screaming. So it's like at the end of it, right when like we're due to kissing the bride and then we were supposed to have the petals thrown out and stuff, we had to kiss the bride. And then all of a sudden I like realized that my mom's not there and neither is Elijah. And someone's telling me Elijah is, uh, needed some help. So <laughs> he had needed to go to the bathroom, uh, halfway through the ceremony. So and he, he, he went to see Raphael at Jinko's and said, I want to go to the bathroom. Where is it? So he went to the bathroom, but apparently he was done and he needed help to wipe. Je finis! Je finis! <laughs> That's what he was screaming in the middle of our ceremony. He was saying, I mean, I'm finished. I need someone to wipe my ass. <laughs> everyone, like, there was a weird, it felt like time was suspended. Like, no one was talking because we were waiting for my mom to come back with Elijah to, like, go on with the plan. <laughs> and at the same time, I don't know, it was it was so weird because everyone was half laughing as well. Oh, God, it, it, was, it was so funny. And I didn't hear. I was also in this, like, alternative state of consciousness. So it's only after people told me that I realized, oh, yeah, someone's missing. But I didn't hear Elijah. But apparently he had been screaming, Jeffini, for a long time. <laughs> so Elijah, if you're listening to this and you're 20 years old, yes, you did this on our wedding day. I thought your mom had gone to, uh, she'd forgotten to get the confetti to throw while we were walking out. And I was yeah. like, geez, yeah. 
come on. I mean, it's just confetti. You're, yeah. you're holding up the whole thing. No, it, I had expected ending of that ceremony to be slightly different. But because we got such a great ending at the civil ceremony, I don't feel like I missed anything. And then we just took our first steps. One thing we did that was very intentional was we held hands, looked at each other, and took an intentional first step in sync with each other. Yeah. Uh, that, that was really and cool. Walked out. That was and then really we cool. got about halfway down the aisle, and then it was just hugs. And hugs tears everywhere, and... and people going to put everyone. The kids were so excited about putting dirt in a in a tree on a tree after a wedding. That how often how often do you get to do and, that? And the rest of us were stoked because now it's champagne time. We've been waiting for that all day. Oh, um, I that was the only thing I was I was like holding on for for dear life for the moment where it was all over and the party could start. So then Sasha yelled out champagne, and then. <laughs> We just and then we went over. Rafael had already uncorked some. And of- then it was just an orgy of senses between the the wine and the champagne and the local food. It yes. was yes. all organic, all delicious, and just for rest of the night, yeah. so much fun. It was, and it was just so packed. Like people wanted us to open the gifts, and then there was this, the speeches, which all speeches were so moving, and pretty much all the speeches were saying how we were becoming a family, a mixed, culturally mixed, united family, which it hit me at that point, like, oh my God, we're getting married, but our families are getting married as well. Yeah, I had a realization on there. I was like, oh God, now I have a French family. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I had one moment where my big brother said a beautiful speech to me and he actually gave me what he wrote to hold on to, which I'm so grateful for. And... It was during that speech that I had a kind of an out of body experience where like I was floating up and like seeing the scene of what was going on. And like I was whispering in my own ear, like, this is it. Like, this is what people talk about when they say they got married. Like all those little moments, you're living one right now. Your big brother is saying a speech at your wedding and it like it felt like there was the first moment of the day where it really hit me that I was getting married that this was my wedding day that this this was like important not that it wasn't important but it just like the realization was clear at that point and I told him that and he started crying and it's like tears everywhere tears all the time then I opened the dance floor with my dad. That was probably my favorite moment of the night, watching you dance like a little girl with your dad. And you guys had a coordinated dance that he taught you when you were young. Yeah. Uh, and you guys did that, and it was it was very touching. That was a moment where uh, I couldn't hold it back anymore. And I'm so uh, glad you. St- yeah, the waterworks came out in earnest. <laughs> Because they were, they, I was having a hard time getting through my, my vows. And I knew that if I let them go there, I wasn't going to recover. Like, it, it wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to be able to finish them. So I had to, like, really hold them back. But at that point, couldn't anymore. Yeah. It, it was, it was really cool. I could feel everyone's, like, energy and support when I was dancing with my dad. And it felt like such a big thing to be able to do that. Um, it, it, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I think some more, like, then we danced our first dance together, which felt very intimate. To uh, Something by the Beatles. Yes, which is the first love song that we listened to in Bundi in Mm -hmm. India. And 
Oh, the I rest of the night gets to be a bit of a blur. Cake. There, oh yeah, the cake, cake was amazing. Cake happened. Uh, that was that was incredible. And then it's just like orgy of champagne, dancing, genepi for some people, smoking for some people. It just it was like all around. It was pleasant to like be completely unleashed and like loose and do whatever we wanted and knew that know that it, it was it was fine, you know. It, it was a lot of fun, and it was obvious that something had happened the next day at brunch because we had a brunch the next day in the morning, and it really felt like one family that mm-hmm. morning. That's when it really struck me. I was like, "Wow, that something happened." It was that wasn't just for us. That was to merge the families together, and uh, something intense and very special happened, not just for us but for everyone. There's a few things that. Looking back on it, I might have done differently, although I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. One of them for me was making the wedding small was important, and it would have been hard to invite people on like the next rung out individually for political reasons, logistical reasons. It was just going to get a lot bigger. But actually, we were worried we might alienate someone in your family by doing that, and it was actually my family. I made what my dad called a young man's mistake and there was someone that we should have invited to the wedding that we didn't and that was a bit painful for 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 them and and for me and i I regretted that so that was you know there was no way to see it in the planning phase Mm. but looking back on it i would have made a different decision about that and it wouldn't have been such a big deal that only that person came yeah so that was one of one of my regrets i think one other that i noticed was it would have been valuable there was a moment where i really would have liked to have one of my best friends there and uh i could have probably called him but i don't think he would have actually answered but it didn't even cross my mind to call him but he would have been at work um but it was it was kind of the day before when you know there's a lot of emotions running and i think having you know my best friend there who's gone through this and who would would know what to do that would have been helpful and it was kind of the price we paid for having a small wedding that our friends weren't there and it would have made it a lot bigger and might not have been possible. But in that moment, I was painfully aware that I would have liked to have had him there. Yeah, I think calling my friend was definitely a game changer and I'm happy that I did. I think I would have also, well, probably not, but maybe would have encouraged you to spend a little more time thinking about the rest of the week. Because let's be honest, I wasn't very good at planning. Not that I could do a lot because of the French barrier. But I think I just assumed it's like, okay, we just need to nail the wedding. But I forgot that like my family was there for almost a week before, at least some of them. And then almost a week after. Mm -hmm. And we had no plans for that time. And we're like, oh, we'll we'll just kind of figure it out. But we ended up having to do a lot of like on the spot like oh where are we going to go for dinner tonight and stuff like this and that got harder because uh because we're gluten-free and plant-based and so i think i maybe would have given that a little bit more thought or maybe had a couple just kind of catch-all activities that could have occupied people so that it didn't occupy us Yes, I think that's probably where I fall on the things I would have done differently. It's about the aftermath of the wedding. Um, I, it was incredible to have all the family still, or all your family still around. Uh, yet, I think something I did not foresee, and 
I should have because it is part of any transition, but the Sunday night was extremely brutal for us and we did not handle it well. We kind of, I think, downplayed the emotional weight of like the Sunday night after everyone's gone and the wedding's over, basically. And I did not feel like uh, I planned enough space for that. And that's when I realized that that's what people go on honeymoon for. Because, and that's why back in the days, people went on honeymoon right after the end of the wedding. There was no like, oh, I'm going back to work for a week and then mm. we leave. It's just like right there. And that's what I think I would have done differently if I could have. Not that I didn't want to spend the time with your family, but I'm recognizing the importance of spending alone one-on-one time. Spending time as, after, a, after, yeah. as a married couple for yes. the first time. And yes. we didn't do a lot of that. And we ended up arriving on Sunday night, the day after the wedding. Back to, we, we booked another night at the venue, yeah. which we thought would be nice. And it would have been nicer if we had spent more time there during the day together. But we ended up spending a lot of time with my family that day. And we got back really late at like 11 at night and we arrived and no one was there. It was just us. It was dark and we arrived to the back patio where the wedding had happened and it's completely empty and we're alone and the wind's just rattling through the trees. Man, that was hard. That it was, was just... Brutal. Yeah, it was just the kind of postpartum depression of everything that had happened and feeling kind of alone and profound emptiness to to everything and that was that was emotionally difficult that night i i kind of kicked myself a little bit that i didn't foresee that at all but at the same time it happened i'm really happy with the way things happened i think those two weeks of family and getting married in the middle were extremely intense but definitely um i i if I were to do it differently, I probably would have done some honeymooning, like not necessarily a full week, but just like have a weekend somewhere idyllic to just continue to bask in the thing. After three days, you started thinking about work again because we have some like things that need to be dealt with around work. And I was like pushing back so hard, like, dude, I'm away for two weeks. I've said this before. This is still, I'm still on holidays, okay? But overall, it was an amazing time. Just such rich two weeks of family time and love and celebrating our love and feeling supported. And so many realizations came into place for the week that followed. And it's still going on. It's funny adjusting to being married, but it's definitely different. Yeah, it was. I would not have said, I would not have thought that true. It was incredible, and it definitely does feel different. I think this is a good place to stop. Thank you for listening, beautiful listener. Thank you. Thank you. And if you enjoyed it, you know the drill. There's a few ways you can help us out. One is to subscribe to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Two is to leave us a review. We will share your beautiful review on a future episode of this podcast. And we'll be extremely grateful to you. Yeah. And three is to share it with friends and other people you think might be inspired by it, be interested in it, just enjoy it, whatever. Share it. Do that. And I think that's all for now. That's all for now. We'll see you next week. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.